Hello and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. My name is Owen, there's Rory, and today we're dissecting the finale of the show, episode six, One World, One People, Rory. Mm. One world, mm-hmm. one people, yep. and one word to sum up how, how you feel, I'm actually afraid to ask this, how you feel okay. uh, in your reaction to that episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna duck for cover. <laughs> Fire in the hole. Okay. Um I'm going to be diplomatic and say underwhelmed. One word. Underwhelmed. Yeah. That was gonna be my word as well. I was gonna go for a meh. Yeah. Didn't stick to landing. Yeah. Didn't do it. I thought I thought you were I thought you were gonna go even more angry, judging by some of some of the abusive messages i got this morning on the phone on the computer um as ever uh the latest episode of the falcon and the winter soldier has just been released on disney plus uh myself and rory had the alarm set we were up bright and breezy mm. uh like the sun was shining here in ireland today everything the birds were singing outside yep. uh people were skipping down the road um and every everything was just wonderful sunshine lollipops and rainbows and then um and then and then you hit play now as ever, for uh, a bit of clarification, as we said in episode one of TB or Spotlight, I do have a tendency to love everything. So I think I am going to skew slightly more positive than Rory anyway. Mm. But um, we'll see, we'll but, see yeah, if okay. you still feel that way at the end of this. Because I've got some stuff to say about this episode. Owen, I've got some stuff. Okay, can we can we do a quick notes check? As ever, you you like to jot down a couple of notes. Um, I think the last episode was really chunky, uh, a really excellent episode yes. of TV. We absolutely loved it, mm. um, and you had a few pages worth of that. But what what have we got today? Can I just for the for just the listeners? Co- can I get a quick look? Yeah, um, this is for your eyes only. But yeah. there is angry scribbling, real oh, angry. God. There's exclamation marks. You never use exclamation marks. No, not even in sentences. Like out loud, All, everything ends in an ellipsis. Okay, like listen, we're yeah, like that one. Oh, the, the cliffhanger. <laughs> um, right, let's get stuck straight into it. Um, one one bit of context before we start. We will get to this point. Um, last week, I did say that I could hear Rory squealing with joy from all the way across Ireland as a particular character was revealed. It was, of course, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine as she appeared on screen this week. Um, I feel like I could hear the smirk of self-satisfaction <laughs> as the identity of the power broker was revealed. And we will get to, we will get to that moment. But is it safe to say that you, you did have a, a massive smirk of self-satisfaction on your face? It built up to it, yes, because I have been saying this since she was brought back into the episode, into the series in episode three. Um, but it was chipped away at because three of my other predictions turned out to be wrong. But they're all less important. Like, like I didn't think Valentina was coming back. She did. Uh, I didn't think John Walker was coming back. He did. I didn't think we'd see Zemo again. We did. Uh, but they all kind of did lessen in comparison to uh, to my big swing, which turned out to be hugely correct. And that, that just makes me happy. Well, listen, if you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's about, you know, bound to stick anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a, 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 that shit stuck. 
<laughs> it really did. Um, so we'll get straight into it. The start of the episode picks up where last week left off. Uh, we're in New York. Uh, the GRC are holding uh, this massive event that the Flag Smashers want to disrupt and basically <laughs> either take people hostage or kill them. There's a, a few mixed messages going on. And we get a lot of whooshing. There's a lot of whoosh, whoosh as they start to tease Sam's arrival. And the last moment we saw him was obviously opening his box of goodies from Wakanda that uh, Bucky had delivered to him. So we're expecting to see the reveal of the Captain America suit. That's what that's what we were talking about. And Bucky's already there because you were we were speculating as to, you know, what way are they going to handle Bucky now? He's how he how's he going to come back? And it was literally like, oh, Bucky's here. And they've already had a conversation. <sighs> Somebody so doesn't like the storytelling. <laughs> Bucky's Bucky's there. Okay. All right. Fine. He just happens to be there. He happens to know to go to there. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm still not fully sure what his connections are in regards to US security. Because he seems yes. to just walk up to where the GRC is being held and the, the soldiers like, go, you go ahead. I guess you go ahead. <laughs> so, but at the start of the episode, we're meant to believe no one knows who he is because the police pull yeah. him over and they're like, we don't know who that is. And then later on they arrest him when they figure out when they realize who he is. Um, yeah. So I'm confused this- there. Because they do address him, they're like, Sergeant Barnes. And they kind of part ways as he just walks right through them. Okay, so that's that. So, one, fine. So, do you know what, like, Sam put on his suit, I guess, in his, where is it, Louisiana home? and then Back flew, in his family home. And then flew to New York. Looks like it. So, right. <laughs> That's that. But don't forget, he's he's got Red Wing on it, and he's got all those extra thrusters, which will help him go extra fast. And Apparently never run out of fuel, even from a never. direct flight from Louisiana, and then all <laughs> the flying he does in the rest of the episode. But the biggest, my biggest issue, straight off the bat, Sharon appeared with her, yeah. with her Black Widow face melting mask. Even though, last time we saw her, she was on the phone to Batrock, George, in her in her fancy Madripoor museum saying, I got you out of prison. You go and help the flag smashes. And then she just appears and she just appears in New York. Just like that. Uh. So, okay. Um, so she obviously appears. I know you mentioned the black widow thing that I was like mission impossible straight away. Whenever she, she reveals the mask. And again, it's the way that it's done. And we're not used to this. And like, if something happens, usually in the Marvel cinematic universe, it's done in a smart way and you mightn't love everything but normally you know they're taking into consideration how it might work in a real world situation and she walks up to <laughs> up to Bucky and literally, there are guards everywhere there are cameras there are people whatever and she just rips off the hat and rips off the mask and he's like what are you doing here and she's like it's fine nobody's looking for it it's like but you've just you've just pulled off <laughs> a massive fake mask in the middle of everything so that was all just a little bit suspect and not normal behavior initially and what was she doing there? So I have a question about the backup because Sam says to Bucky, Bucky says to him, what's the plan? And Sam says, don't worry, I've, I've, I've got backup. I've asked for backup. And then it was only throughout the episode, there were different points where I was like, hold on a second. Who, who is the backup? Is it because initially at that moment, uh, and I watched it back as well. Whenever he says I've got backup, then Sharon appears, and you're like, okay, okay, is Sharon the backup? But then Sam is like, 
is that is that Sharon I hear? Do you know, it seems like he didn't know she was going to be there. Or is it that she is there at his request? Because then separately, and we will discuss in more detail, whenever um, uh, Walker appears, I was like, the moment of realization later, I was like, wait, is Walker the backup that Sam asked to come along? Did he give him a shot at redemption? Because I thought Walker was going off the rails. And then the other one, I thought it was going to be Torres. We speculated that maybe the new Falcon will turn up. Which would have been great. Set set him up real nice to have the new Falcon. (laughs) But we just get like little, I think literally a two second shot of of Torres. Him looking longingly at a radio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, keeping an eye on details uh, or events from afar. So this this was definitely very messy. Livid, straight off the bat. it's It's as if from the end of the previous episode to the start of this one, um, there was yeah, another Bucky's episode that we didn't see. Yeah, there are definitely events that have had transpired where Bucky has now appeared uh, in New York and Sharon has obviously turned up for some reason. Um, then, though, can we... Well, I was going to say, can we focus on a positive? If it is a positive Go for on. you. Let's see. It's our first reveal of the brand new Captain America. It's Sam. He comes mm. crashing in. Uh, I did think this was an excellent entrance. He expertly uses the shield i i rewind it and watch it about four or five times <laughs> and he just comes in and someone says to me who are you and he just no hesitation this time it's i'm captain america what did you think of his arrival at this point yeah no it's a good look i i it's a it's a strong costume i i think it's a good look um and yeah it, i i did enjoy the shield and wing usage throughout the episode the combo um, moves yeah there wasn't I didn't think there was enough of them. There was still a lot of just wing stuff. So I guess, he, like, maybe he's just getting used to the shield. But, like, yeah, it's it's a good look. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yep. I mean... You're like, I'll, I'll give it I was, that. I, but I was th- still mad about, like, how we got here. I was, I was still I was still caught up in, like, taking... Like, that's where the script... One of the first scribble notes is, is like, what? That early. Why? He, like, I was still, like, he flew from Louisiana. <laughs> how did he would that not take so a long quickly? time because he was he like... not looking at the telly when the GRC was taken and he was like I'm going to put the suit on yeah somebody so mentioned so what's the flight him. time from Louisiana yeah, I, to I'll be honest I off the top of my head I do not know the flight time between those two locations but, but I'm I guessing it's a good, I'm gonna, I'm, you, can, you continue talking gonna gonna do, gonna I'm, I'm going to keep talking okay so obviously this scene uh, he arrives and uh, there's another good Captain America on the moon gag when one of the one of the GRC boys I thought he was on the moon which is a nice throwaway uh, remark and then you get this fight with uh, Batroc who's like a semi flag smasher at the moment he's kind of working with them and kind of not working with three them three hours and it, three three hours well that's not too bad I thought you were going to say something like eight hours they or could something. have been killed in three hours he'd be, he'd be absolutely shattered when he got and there. Cold. So knackered. <laughs> and freezing cold. Well, no, again, it's a Wakandan space suit. And maybe out. it's got space. Yeah. Bits of a like space if, around. If, if Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2 can have like a thing where that dries his clothes, basically. Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm sure that uh, Sam Wilson can have a Wakandan Captain America suit that is able to keep him nice and cozy and warm. I, I mean, because essentially you're looking at... Uh, like Tony Stark is a similar sort of position. He's a, he's a normal... Man, his he doesn't face have a isn't suit. out. His face isn't out. That's true. Well, those goggles. Oh, listen, I'm not going to. Maybe he's got some kind of helmet. Anyway, 
so Cap has arrived. Um, a couple of not fantastic, like not overly imaginative lines were like, oh, what do you want? French fries and a baguette? Yeah, because you're talking to a French person. You know, some of the writing could have been yeah. uh, stronger there. But one of the moments um, that you really did, it's, it's all well and good Sam saying, I'm Captain America um, to people. But the way that you really know, it's really been accepted as well. I had the subtitles on and it said, uh, I think Batroc whacks him across the room and it just says, Captain America groans. And I was like, yes, he's back and he's groaning. Um, so this, this fight continues on for a while. Bucky grabs himself a, a motorbuck. I know we had Bucky's Buck Club before when he was reading different books, but now if he ever wanted to branch out and do some, uh, I don't know, motorbike riding, he's got that sorted as well. Um, Sharon, a couple more hints at her dodgy past. She's got these this weird weaponry, um, like the mercury paper where she explodes on your man. Yeah, that guy, he died a, a bad death. <laughs> I don't think he's pretty. I'm not sure he deserved that pretty nasty um one other weird moment is like the shield is obviously amazing and as you say gets so much of a workout in this episode um apart from the moment when batrock throws a chair at it and, and, that's, it just, and that's that's it it just the chair comes defeats out of the, sky. the shield that's just it <laughs> it's like should captain america actually have a chair yeah it's like did you mix this up with john walker's shield and you're just throwing a bit of tinfoil at him no this is the proper shield that should have probably gone through that chair well, because John Walker's about to show up with his um with his discount uh, shield, which looks the part, mm. and it's completely mangled. But just before that, you, we start to get into this uh, pretty elaborate helicopter rescue sequence um, where uh, Captain America rescues one of the pilots of the first helicopter uh, that, that is starting to crash. And we see the strength of the wings. He lands on the bridge. He shields them. A full helicopter crashes into them. They're obviously still protected. And then we get our first obligatory people clapping Captain America and cheering scene because there, there, there actually there were a couple of those scattered throughout this episode, but, the, but this was the first of them. Yeah, was this, was I can't remember because they've all kind of merged into my head. Was this the one where subtlety was forever destroyed? <clears throat> when someone was like, he's a black falcon. It's like, no. He's a black Captain America. It's like, oh no, you didn't have that to was, say that. That was the second uh, obligatory Captain America cheering moment. Right. Yeah, with the crowd whenever he he landed back, um, and was and was carrying Carly along as well. So, um, but before we get to that part, and we're in the middle of this uh, helicopter sequence, this is when John Walker appears. And again, as we said. It was left in a brilliant way at the la- end of last week's mm-hmm. episode. We got this little uh, mid-credits teaser of him clearly off the rails, hammering this homemade shield and, and hammering his Medal of Honor into it. And then so he he rocks up and then I was like, oh, wait, we've seen this shot of him walking along. It was actually in the trailer, but it had just completely uh, slipped my mind. But what, what did you think about him returning and in this capacity as well, where it's like, wait, is he is he back on the good guys like what's going on here yeah it reminded me of fast and furious you know it's like you you killed everyone the last time and then this time it's like it's okay we pals it's fine <laughs> um very forgiving for someone who was uh hugely supportive of public decapitations just one episode ago yeah um everyone just seemed to accept him now i did actually enjoy his fight with carly because i was like he's gonna kill her um yeah. So I thought that was good. I, I enjoyed that he's still mostly unhinged. Um, right up because he's got stubble. 
Yeah, that's how you know someone's that's how, crazy. That's how, you know. <laughs> that's how you know the good guy's gone bad. Um, not a full beard because that could be because Steve Rogers had a full beard in Infinity War, and that just that's shows like being cool. Yeah, yeah, that just shows he uh, he he doesn't he's kind of lost himself. Stubble is crazy. Um, yeah, so they have their fight, and that's it's a pretty it's a pretty good fight, and then the politicians are in the back of a van it's all it, like this whole bit is just a bit messy like n- not one politician was like i'd rather go with my own security team rather than us all be rounded up into <laughs> into two vans um and it's driven off the side of a construction site and john has the moment of will i continue chasing carly to catch the bad guy or will i have my big redemption moment and he has his big redemption moment and you know how you know how we know how do we know, Rory? With the, with the very subtle metaphor of him dropping the shield to save the people. Nice. Yeah. They do make it, the camera lingers on him, and you see him literally turn his head as he looks and at the two options instead of being. Like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> option A or option B. Now, there are, as you said, that is it, it is a bit of a messy sequence that things are uh, happening here. There are some nice little details of Bucky in here. Somebody says to him, Thank you for saving us. And you see Bucky just take a moment and it's like, that's that's the closure he's been looking for. Mm. Um, and over the last episode in this one, that that's what he's working towards the entire time. Uh, and it's that, yeah, instead of like, thank you for killing us, it's like, thank you for saving us. It's like, yes, I've done a complete 180 now. Um, and Bucky also catches another thing. And what? who was it? Carly throws a spear at him. So he's caught knives in the spears, the shield a couple of times. Just really good at catching things. Uh, and then but not we get stuck. But, but not fe- no, catch feelings. Okay. Not catching those feelings. And now we get to um, the fight kind of moves on to the next sequence where they chase the flag smashers into the basement of this building. I'm so sorry. In there all along, Sharon is just kind of watching stuff yes she's just like she she can she positions herself perfectly to, to kind of just look at what everyone's doing and i i guess it's to remind us all along that we're like what is she doing she's being so weird but like i'm curious at what point in this episode are you like oh like rory might have actually been correct this whole time and i hate that I, wait, whose words are you saying there? Are you saying those are the things that I would have thought and or said? Yes. Rory, I love when you're right because you tell me you're right most of the time anyway. I, I, so I, I yeah. Here it comes. I am right, Owen. I was right. Um, listen, I just had my, not doubts. I just wasn't sure in the earlier episodes. And then in the last episode, I did say, do you know what? I'm really starting to come around to that uh so that was only that was a mere two episodes after you. That's that's not that long, and here we are, a mere three episodes after that. Um, but yeah, so obviously they start going the approach of like, oh, it's ominous music, and here we go, and now we're in a Mexican standoff uh, underneath, and it's like Batrac comes out and says what everyone's thinking. It's like, oh, you're the power broker, and again, it just felt, although we had discussed it, and although she was wielding her power in previous episodes and there were hints at different things and there were red herrings as we said before you know whenever Zemo's talking about it, Zemo said he's met the power broker uh it's also said that the power broker is a he so you get all these um little bits of conflicting information but then whenever it's revealed it just feels as you said oh okay it just feels that little bit underwhelming uh as the three Carly 
uh, but Chalk and her just kind of stand pointing guns at each other, kind of Reservoir Dog style. Um, now, there were some wee moments in this whenever Captain America arrives and is fighting Carly, or well, she wants him to fight, and he's like, I'm not going to fight you. And then we have those echoes of uh, Steve Rogers not wanting to fight Bucky uh, previously. So again, those kind of links there. But yeah, what what was your... I mean, you're already in, like, putting myself in Roy's shoes, you're already questioning, what the flip is Sharon doing there for a start? And then you get the actual moment where it's like, yeah, okay, this is this is what I've been saying all along. Yeah, I think it, it, it would have been nice to get, like, a, a message, uh, like, when Carly's trying to run away and she gets a text on her phone, she's like, turn around, and then you turn around and Sharon has the phone out, you know, <gasps> just to kind of that would hammer it home. From the same number that it texted her, and going to find you and kill you. Yeah, like it, it, it just needed a bit more because it was just like, why did Sharon? Sharon was like, "Oh, I sent Batrock to help," but he Batrock wants to kill Falcon, but Sharon doesn't seem to want to kill Falcon. But she sent them, and also to keep an eye on the flag smashes for what? Like, what was Sharon's plan? What? Like, what was the? What was? I don't understand why she was there or what she was doing. Towards the end, I, I didn't really understand what the flag smashes were doing. It's like, we're going to bomb the people that are going to vote. It's like, great, they'll get other people to vote. That's that's how government works. Um, I, Like, none of it, none of it made a huge amount of sense. It was all just like, there should have been another two episodes. It, like, this reminded me so much of the end of Game of Thrones where it was like, right, we have to get through all of this. And Sharon's turn was essentially spoilers Daenerys turn where you're just like oh she's oh okay right this should this probably should have been teased out a bit more as opposed to just teasing it like actually show the turn of her uh because then like after it just left loads of questions of like why why is she the power broker has she always been the power broker like is it just because she was left behind after civil war is that enough to turn someone evil it turns out all she needed to do was come back to america and have a meeting with the government and they immediately forgive her and they're like here's your old job back so and, and another round of applause welcome home agent carter it was, and it, it just leaves like some very unsatisfying questions like questions that like i'm i'm not even particularly asked about getting the answer to but do you think, because uh, we were discussing last week that there's been a theory going around that some of the storylines of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are like one in particular about a potential pandemic and that's what the vaccinations were for and this was uh, a driving force, the incentive for the Flag Smashers to do the things that they were doing. Um, do you think it's possible that in the rewrites, which have been, you know, kind of semi-covered up to a certain extent uh, in previous episodes, maybe it's like it got to the finale and it's just like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know how we can kind of make this one work. And maybe they, they kind of adjusted Sharon's part or, or something like that just to, to... And maybe that's why it feels like not as thought through or not as, as detailed maybe as some of the other elements of the storyline. Maybe potentially that's that's why it kind of pans out like this. It, it could be. Like, it, it does just feel like super rushed. It just feels like everyone is, is in place and everyone is suddenly the character they need to be for the for the future of yeah. of the MCU but they didn't they didn't get us there like in an enjoyable way yeah or a satisfactory way no 
Speaking of satisfactory, the next scene, though, was, I, I think, one of the strongest parts of the episode. And it felt like, oh, no, if this feels like we're kind of um, we're back on track here. And it was whenever it began with with Captain America bringing Carly, uh, who's just taken out in in that Mexican stand. But Chuck is gone. Uh, Carly is shot as well. Sharon has been shot, but not fatally. Um, and then Captain America arrives in this angelic kind of pose, mm. surrounded by these NYPD vehicles and the flashing blue and the flashing red, um, carrying Carly to the you know to in front of the gathered crowd. But it's his monologue. It's Sam Wilson's monologue. Then yeah. I can tell you're 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 biting your tongue. You're dying to say something about this because I thought I thought this monologue uh, again, like last week's episode, we were talking about. That moment, that conversation between Isaiah Bradley and Sam Wilson, this felt that they were going for the same kind of feeling here in this moment that Sam is talking about what's good, what's the right thing to do, but also talking about um, the plight of black people in America as you get Isaiah and Eli watching this this speech on screen. And again, it goes back to the, the whole world is watching and in comparison to John Walker decapitating somebody with the shield with people with their phones on and gathered around in a circle you get this comparison with sam wilson people watching their phones on but it's a completely different message that he's sending out to the world but yeah what what did what did you make of this uh this particular moment i liked it but i thought it was too long i think that speech went on for i think about three or four minutes um like it was it was an earned moment, uh, and I uh, I think Anthony Mackie delivered it well, and I think parts of it were written really well. Um, but then there was there was other because the thing is like he's talking to an international group of politicians, so like uh, the parts where he's saying, "I'm a I, I'm a black man wearing Captain America thing." Like some of the people he's talking to are from majority black countries, so they're like they must be like, "What are you talking about?" Like we we know that's it's, it's, I guess he was aiming most of it at the uh, the American um, politician, um, and then yeah, like and he like he's trying to get his point across, and it's it's all valid, but I just I I did I think about two thirds the way through going, is he still talking? Like it was. And the ambulance that ha- that had taken Carly, I think, was still parked there because he was standing in front of it. So while he was giving the speech, they couldn't get her to the hospital. Um, There's definitely no chance of saving her now. And then, and then immediately, because it was all undercut, like so much straight out, like stuff that happened immediately after it annoyed me again because the the police came up with like, "We need help uh, with one of the the power brokers is in the river, not the power brokers, the flag smashers is in the is yeah. in the river. Can you go get him?" It's like you've been standing here talking this whole time. And someone's There's getting away. There's a man drowning. Um, and yeah, and it's, like yeah, it was it was a it part. I think parts of it were really good, but it was a bit long. That, to be honest, I didn't feel the length of it at the time, but it it worked for me uh, in the moment as it as it as it was happening. And as you said, you know, some of those lines that he says, "I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes." What don't I understand? And then. That interesting moment in it when I said, every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people who are going to hate me for it. And it cuts to John Walker. And it's that dual thing of, because as we've discussed here on the show, it's like, okay, uh, just how racist is John Walker? Because Mm -hmm. they've kind of played with his... 
yeah, just how he feels about those things uh, in various episodes before? Or is this coming from a place of jealousy? Is that what they're saying for him? Or is it a mixture of the two? And then things when it cuts to Isaiah and Eli watching and he's talking about, you know, even here now, I feel it, the stares and the, the judgment as well. So I, I I thought that was all really well done. It's whenever we get a shot of per Torres, again, forgotten Torres as well. Um, and then one moment when uh, something that Steve Rogers probably wouldn't have done in a, in a very public monologue is uh, <laughs> Sam curses. He goes, shit. You know, at, at the start of one of his sentences, and then it pops it like Captain America, old Captain America, but the young version of old Captain America popped into my head. Um, where it's just like language, you know, <laughs> like just, just, just be careful. Um, but yeah, you do also get that moment of acceptance from Bucky as he turns to uh, Sam as they walk away, and it's like, nice job, Cap, and gives him that reassuring pat on the shield uh, as well. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I I know what you mean. It's just, it's, it feels like there were these high points. It's an episode with some really good, strong high points and moments. But then overall, it just, there maybe just too many low moments um, throughout it's, because. If, okay, sorry. Even in, in, in his speech, why did they cut to Torres? Why? Like, legitimately, why? I understood why they cut to uh, Isaiah. Yeah, he was Walker. directly impacted by Walker, yeah. Bucky, yeah. But it was just like, see how everyone feels? Isn't like aren't you feeling emotions? I'm like, I get you want me to. I do. And and I did last week when Isaiah had a much better version from his perspective of it. Um but it just did, I don't know, it just didn't land. And I, I did appreciate the the line saying how many people are going to uh, hate me for putting on the shield because he was almost directly talking to the audience saying, I know you hate me because I'm not Chris, Chris Evans, like I think he, he, after this, like I, I have no problem with Anthony Mackie being Captain America, but I just, again, yeah, that moment was just a bit, ugh, it just felt a bit, it just was a bit trite. It reminded me again of the, the audience, the crowd nearby, applauding, saying, "He's a new Captain America." Yeah, like, yeah, uh, that 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 bit felt a, a wee bit heavy-handed. Yeah, so um, but yeah, so following the monologue and them heading off to do right the next part of the mission, you see the flag smashers are getting transported away, like you know, a combination of. I think it's maybe three or four of them getting escorted yeah. into the back <clears throat> of this van, um, which is normal cops help you know like escorting them with guns <laughs> and normal. <laughs> handcuffs or whatever but then um somebody blows them up and it cut to him it cut to this person <laughs> in the car and i for a split second in the rear view mirror or sorry the wing mirror of the car because that's where you see his yeah. face initially i did a double take i was like is that patrick stewart is that charles xavier i thought it was john noble from fringe uh the oh, actor john noble he, i think he's in i think he's in game of thrones as well but like when he when i cut first as well because right before it blows up one of the one of the NYPD is like oh, one yeah. world, one people. And we're like, Ooh, they're mm-hmm. going to break them out. And they're going to the raft. And we're like, oh, well, Zima's already there. And I wonder what that's going to be like with him ha- hating the super serum soldiers. And they're going to be cellmates or whatever. Turns out it's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem because my butler, Alfred, is going to take my care of them. terrorist butler. 
<laughs> but I love I love the way. Uh, so yeah, so it cut away from the wingmer and cut back into the car. And I did it. I was like, this old man, he's wearing butler gloves. Why? Why is there a butler assassinating people? And then I, I had written down in my notes, I was like, it's not Alfred, because that's DC. Who is this killer butler? And uh, and then it dawned on me, I was like, of course, when it cuts to Zemo, kind of hearing it on the radio, that the flag smashed up and I was like, right, it's his butler who we've met previously on the private plane and who seemed really old and frail and maybe could fly a plane and get food and drinks and stuff as well, but can also like rig up explosions that the army the nypd and the flag smashers cannot detect so fair play to him and i love the way he never gets out of his butler's uniform he's always in his butler gloves as well no matter what he's doing so he knew the route that yeah, they were going we, to be yeah. driven along he knew to put the bomb in that van he he knew where to park to watch where the bomb was going to go off i mean uh, and Zemo must have contacted him ahead of time to say you're going to have to kill these people because I'm in prison now. Unless, unless he just knows the wishes of his 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 master, his Baron, where he knows now that you know if my master's life goal is to take out all the super soldiers and destroy all the super serum, then I, Killer Butler, <laughs> will will take up will take up the cause while he's uh, in jail uh, in the raft. Didn't like it. Didn't care for Didn't it. Didn't like it. They okay. should have gone. They should have gone. You should have been taken to the raft, and then Zemo's like, "I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you in the in the raft showers. I'm gonna shank you when you're not looking. <laughs> I'm gonna shank you in the raft." Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't care. It just felt like, oh, we have to clean this up somehow. The butler. The butler did it. <laughs> the butler did Explosive it. Explosive <laughs> Pluto. <laughs> no, you weren't. Uh, you didn't feel for that, but did you feel for the next bit? Because this is the scene where Julia Louis Louis Dreyfus. Pops up again and again. We thought, oh, that's going to be really strong. She literally had two minutes of screen time last week, mm. and if they leave it hanging on that, then there's going to be this huge, overarching mystery of who she is and where she's going. And I don't know. Like, I mean, you don't want to do this when you're watching a show, anyway. But the first thing that popped into my head for this scene was like, oh, they filmed this on the same day they did the other one, even though it was, even though, yes, <laughs> yes. you know, like even though. It happens chronologically later. It was obviously just like, okay, let's go on to the next scene. We We're have, back we in have the to set for a few more hours, Julian. Yeah, and, and I don't know, that just, that just that feeling. And I hate that when that happens, when you're watching something and you get taken out of it like that. And I don't know if, it, is it the fault of the writing in that or, or what it is? But I was like, oh, right. So she's back as Contessa Valentina Alegre de Fontaine. It just gets easier every time, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> we could just call again, her Val. It, <laughs> well, we'll do it. not to her face but yeah so she has some again lovely comedy moments mm. where it's like uh, this couldn't have gone uh better if i'd planned it myself or did but I? I didn't or did i yeah or i didn't i did and so that's all really well done but what can you tell us about well she says things are about to get weird uh and then uh captain america or who looks like captain america john walker uh steps out of the back room uh, after getting his suit on so so what are we looking at here so, uh this new character a couple things i did enjoy the wife saying i think the problem is the helmet because i think mm -hmm. that seems like an almost active reaction to the public's reaction to him looking like the guy from up in yeah. that helmet. <laughs> um so i did enjoy that um i was also annoyed that he seems to have gotten his costume change in the same room where he got his other than other than honorable discharge <laughs> yeah. just a few days ago. Um, why she would decide that 
I guess it's some kind of US Senate building is the best place for her to do her shady costume changes. Mm-mm. But we we ha- like you said, we have the day. We have the set for the day, and the the lighting is real nice. If you want to come in and just do the scene here, so he does. Let's rock- go, people. He does rock out in his um black ish version of the Captain America suit. Like you said, he's the same as black. Um, and she said, well, stuff's going to get weird and we're not going to need a Captain America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. <clears throat> and the U.S. agent is essentially the government's Captain America who does all the shady jobs that someone with a stronger moral compass might say no to, uh, which just just seemed like John Walker's wheelhouse all the way down. Yeah. Um, as, she, as, as to what she's alluding to, it could it could literally be anything. Um, I I still think she's putting together the Thunderbolts, which is um, a group of let's say heroes, Meh, gray gray area heroes, reformed supervillains, kind of who um, are tasked by her to you know save the world by from bigger problems, like not terribly dissimilar to the Suicide Squad setup. But as to who else she might be assigning to the team, I was trying to think who else could be in the Thunderbolts alongside. Oh, yeah. So, because a lot of them have died. <laughs> okay. A lot of the bad guys have died throughout the MCU. A lot of them are in space. I can't see uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Fontaine. Thank you. Messi. No. Nope. Italian. Bueno. I don't know. Grazie. Thank you. Nope. Just Grazie's fine. I don't, I don't need to do this, Rory. I don't need this whole bit. Anyway, um, I don't know. I doubt she can get her hands on any of the space-bound supervillains who may now be superheroes. I don't see, say, for example, Loki suddenly joining the Thunderbolts. So I'm trying to think. Who else could it be? And I have some thoughts. Okay. Are you ready for my thoughts? Hit me. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer? Sam Rockwell? Yes, from Iron Man 2. Now, there's a blast from the past. Ghost. Ghost, yes, from... That was the second Ant-Man film. Ant-Man and the Wasp? That's the one. Abomination. Oh, from the Incredible Hulk movie. Tim Roth, yeah. And depending on how they work it out with the rights, Vulture. Oh, that'll be a good good call as well. Get a bit of Michael Keaton action in there. Yeah. So if she... Like, this could be her setting up a variation of the Thunderbolt. So if she's saying stuff's about to get weird, that's a weird group of people to put together. <laughs> it's really <laughs> to weird. Fight, to fight the, bigger crime. The only one <laughs> I, I can see being not redeemable and so is like Tim Roth. He feels like he doesn't have a good side in him at all. Maybe, I think potentially. He's, he is coming back for one of the Marvel shows. I can't ah. remember which one. It's, I'm going to Google it. You keep talking. <laughs> okay, possibly She-Hulk. Maybe I'm just thinking maybe. if there if there is the the Hulk connection, but that would be an excellent. Like obviously everybody has time for and loves Sam Rockwell, so it would be brilliant to have a almost like Tony Stark light as part of the gang. It is She-Hulk. It is She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, it was a, it was a stab in the dark, but no, that's a very eclectic lineup of uh, of people. All right, maybe Zemo would Zemo fit in there as well potentially. Maybe, but I'd say he would hate to be on a team with John Walker because he'd want to kill him all the time because he has the that's, super serum. Okay, that's yeah, but that would no, make that for an interesting him. dynamic. That rules him out. Um, so yeah, this scene it was kind of 
as I said, part of me was hoping that she wouldn't reappear, mm. uh, and and then we would be be left with that tease from last week. And then again, when she does appear, she does deliver as well, and you get um, John Walker as US agent. Uh, and his wife very happy. He's like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And you're like, hold on a second. Are there absolutely zero repercussions for what he did previously? Um, yeah, so it, it's just, a, it's a strange roller coaster of a, what way are they going to go with him? And it feels like, oh, an off, an off the rails, completely unhinged, very stubbly John Walker would be very exciting um, where you have this, uh, on the loose uh, super soldier in some way. But um, yeah, they've obviously chosen to go around uh, or down this other uh, path with him. Um, after this particular scene, it was like uh, we're starting to get our closure and both of Sam and Bucky start to make their visits to the people. Now, we speculated last week that Bucky would go back to Mr. Nakajima. I thought it might have been at the start of the episode and that's why he was potentially going to be in New York and that's why... In the storytelling sense, he would be in the right place at the right time. But they've obviously saved it for the end where uh, he reconciles with him. And again, another lovely piece of acting from Sebastian Stan um, in this moment. And then obviously handing back Steve's notebook uh, in a lovely gift bag that he picked up in Eason's or his local center or something uh, for his therapist. Again, I remember back in episode one, I thought the therapist was going to have more more of a role to play and actually one of my one of my friends had texted after episode one uh, and said oh did you see that line about that she had said oh she had worked with john walker in the field and there's going to be a connection there you know and all those lovely theories that could have potentially uh gone somewhere but obviously she came back in for a slightly out of focus um reappearance um but then the strongest part of, of this closing element that actually it leads up to the final scene of the main episode is whenever sam goes to visit both isaiah and eli back in baltimore and then brings them to uh the captain america display which i think is in washington potentially um the the whole display and obviously unveils or shows him uh the statue of isaiah no no i'm shaking my head in anger i'm not i'm not disagreeing I'm annoyed. Oh, right. I was like, no, wait, did this not happen? Did I dream all of this? <laughs> uh, but it was like uh, basically Isaiah taking his rightful place in history and, and the two of them have their hug and then it's a shot of the statue and then we're out and seen. And it was beautiful. Rory, not so much. So I'm going to gonna jump back a bit. So I, was, I, I did enjoy Bucky going to, I guess, make amends or, or, or just kind of confess and, and put the... The, the his old his old friend's mind at ease knowing what happened to his son but he was like this i did it i did it and then it just cut it didn't show it his cuts. reaction it's like we Leaving got, we got nothing yeah. from the dad like it just it felt like he felt like i did it okay bye and i was just he was gone and then I guess the next day the dad has is is completely fine. He's out having his He's drinking again. He's drinking with the with the with the waitress and Bucky's just looking in the window, he's like, I did it. I did it. I know. It's like, no, yeah. no, this is not a happy moment. You confess to murder and nothing has happened. And the waitress d- doesn't react to looking at you. It, like I was that annoyed me. It just again, it was just undercut immediately. <sighs> and then we get to the Washington monument where i guess maybe bucky flew them from baltimore on his wings because apparently he can do that he can oh sam yeah sorry yeah, yeah sam yeah. flew them um 
to Washington. Welcome to Captain America Airways. <laughs> so when you go in and I was like, I, in my in my heart of hearts, I was like, please don't, don't, don't tell me he's done that. Don't. And then you go around and there's a massive fucking gold statue. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? Who smelted that? Why was that, not, <laughs> why was that not all over the news that they've made an addition to the Captain America museum of the history of the super series, like secrets like that would have been all over the news like they would have broke like oh my god they tested it on former soldiers all those years ago here's all the truth is out now and also we smelted the giant gold statue of the man who did it and who did they commission who who paid for that and then and Bucky was like they're all they'll all know about you. also also they thought he was dead because he was like That's I'm true. in hiding he's, he's I was I was technically dead so He's just let it. Well, you can still, you can still make a statue of a dead person. Yeah, but as my granny always used to say. But now everyone knows he's not dead. The government's gonna be like, what? Right, trying to have to fix that problem. I was there was so many things. I was like, oh my god, what have you done? Like it was just if 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 he'd gone and taken them to the to the Captain America museum thing, and then there was maybe maybe he'd introduce them to Rhodey. I'm like, he's here. And you're gonna to talk to him, and he's gonna help you get your story out there. That would have been a nice little bit of closure. Putting a huge gold we w- statue in the museum is not the way to go. Maybe, maybe making uh, a fake statue as a prop that looks like a solid gold statue was cheaper than getting John Cheadle back for another episode. He, he, he would have um, been on the same set, the exact same one that he was in in the very first episode. Could have, could have done a Julie Louis Dreyfus. Could have made it happen for a day. Let's get him in here. Oh, I was livid, livid when we revealed the gold statue. I was like, how dare you? How, how stupid do you think we are? When, when they went around the, the corner. Cor- <laughs> when they went around the corner and they brought him back to the Captain America Museum, I I was suspecting that it would be a panel, potentially, and it might have been something like, you know, the way we see in the end credits, we see a young Isaiah Bradley. Mm. Uh, you You can see a hint of his shot from his file and i thought it was going to be elements of the story like that but i I will admit uh i was not expecting a a giant life-sized uh statue uh of him jesus no i wasn't like it just annoyed me and it it was like this would be cool this would be a nice way to end it but it's just like everything else in this episode i was like i have so many questions now like you, you may have ruined this man's peaceful life because now but i still think it's gonna be full of journalists going hey Hey, I still, I still think that they can do the statue without saying to everybody that he's alive. Like you could just stick a little, you know, like plate at the bottom where it's like Isaiah Bradley, nineteen whatever, to this year, to that year, and then still they should have. But like either show that, and then show Isaiah, and he's like, I'm okay with this. But also that could be its own problem in that, like, if he says he's dead, and Isaiah's like, wait a minute, so you've told people the truth about what did happen, but now I have to continue pretending to be dead i mean either do it or don't and yeah unfortunately yeah. they did it but did it too much they made a gold statue. <laughs> <laughs> well what about the very next shot because they finish on that shot basically in the episode mm. uh and the next thing is the title card of the show which they have changed no 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 because from... we have the party the party oh the party they go back to the 
they go back home, of course, and Bucky's playing, like letting eighteen kids hang off his yep. Winter Soldier arm, yep. of course. And they're all they're all having a party down by the boat, of course. Sorry, how could I forget? And then that's right, it has the shot of the two of them um, the together on screen. Yeah, yeah. Was that okay? Were you all right with that? Yeah, I guess. I'm afraid to ask again. Like was I, I okay? was like, what's he looking at? I thought there was something over there. I rewound it yeah. twice to see if there was something he was specifically looking at. You can probably see the gold statue. It's so big. <laughs> I think he was just looking at America and was like, I think it was. I did it. An American sunset. Yeah. Um, so then that's the shot. The two of them giving each other a knowing look. That's right. And a, and a wee smile. And then it cuts to, because normally we have the title card of the show, which is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And they have now changed that to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which questions yes go yes. ahead so um obviously yeah okay all right they're making a statement it's captain america that's it done he is not the falcon anymore yeah. the change has been made that's it it's official it's canon off we go and then it's like oh could you not call it captain america and bucky no it's like no you're still the winter soldier yeah, pal good luck to you me again it was like you've given him nothing he doesn't want to be the winter soldier clearly like so Give him another name. Like, obviously, you can't call it Captain America and Bucky Barnes because that's a silly sounding name. But <laughs> maybe give him. They sh- like, I-, I said this last week where I was like, I have no idea where they're going with Bucky Barnes. I can't tell what direction they're putting him in. And it turns out they didn't know either. He's still the Winter Soldier in their eyes. So, <sighs> yeah, I did like the song they played over the end credits. So I thought that was a cool song. That was good because they have changed the music over the end credits in various episodes depending on how the episode has finished up. So um, that was a nice way to do that and everything was right and fine and lovely in the world. But as with WandaVision, as with many Marvel uh, shows and even the previous episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we do get this little mid-credits moment where it cuts back to uh, (laughs) Sharon Carter in what appears to be the same hearing room again with the... the, um, some of the senators here, maybe joint chiefs of staff, and she is getting her pardon. And again, it was like, is she not the most obvious double agent in the world now as well? And as we said before in this episode, the round of applause, welcome home, Agent Carter, and then completely on subtle outside on the phone saying, we now have access to yeah, all the weapons and all this stuff. I know, till you're not, away from the steps. Yeah, just get it. Like when you're not right outside the government building, could you not wait? just a few minutes no 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 we need to pan up on the government building so they know that i am a double agent like she she isn't the most obvious double agent because no one alive knows now that she was the power broker uh yes because none of the others were present whenever batrock and carly were confronting her in the basement okay gotcha i do want to know who she was on the phone to because she was like, "Tell them we've got, we've got it all." It could have just been that driver lady who like drove her around before. What if she's not the power broker? She is. Did she? Okay. What if she's not though? She <laughs> is going to go. She is. I'm going to go full Val on it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, I get you, I get you. But what if she isn't? But no, I'm just thinking. Did she ever admit? Did she not just give people like when like no one looks whenever they were like, "You're the power broker." She's like, hmm without actually saying it. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe she's not the barber. She is. She's a barber. Okie dokie. Now, okay. she could have been on the phone to Val, for all we know. Yeah, true. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like that one, it did, again, it undercut everything where it was like she could have just come home. She could have just flown home 
and been not just uh, like apologized to by the US government, but immediately given her old job back. And also he's like, I think we've got a position in your old job. Your old job was shield, which no longer exists. What the feck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, mister? But I thought maybe the pardon only happens because in their eyes, and this is why she wouldn't have been able to come home previously, in their eyes, she was here helping to foil the flag smasher terrorist, terrorist in their eyes, uh, attack on the GRC. So maybe those are the events that have led to the moment where it's like, now you've got your pardon. Now you're grand. I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah. That could have they could have used that exact sentence. You could they could have used you in the writing room, Owen. They could have. <laughs> I been wish like, because of your actions. I think I think the gold statue needs to be bigger, guys. Bigger and goldier. Uh, I think, yeah, like just a little bit more because even that scene felt very like it, it felt like we were coming in at the top, like at the beginning of her scene in that room. There was three lines of dialogue. She turned to walk out. Job done. It was like, hey, well done. Thanks. Your job's back. Thank you. you I'm out. You've clearly I've never got a been phone pardoned call to before. Make right outside this building. <laughs> yeah. um, Guys, I've got an evil phone call to make. you got to let me go here. I'm on a tight schedule. <laughs> yeah, I just... And like... Yeah. No. I know. I can I can see that you're more disappointed. It's that thing, you know. I'm more disappointed than angry. I can see that you're angry. Like, you know, you know when, when WandaVision ended and you're like... The, the final episode of WandaVision wasn't perfect either, but like everything it was leading up to, the answers it gave and the questions it posed were satisfying for the most part and interesting. You're like, ooh, where's this going? Monica's going to space? Great. Um, White Vision's still out there? Okay, that's interesting. Wanda is sad about her actions and she's going to go off and we know, you know, she's probably going to, well, she's definitely going to reappear in Doctor Strange 2 in what capacity, we don't know. And she's got that book at the end. You're like, oh, all, all these things to think about. Everything that ended at the end of this, I was like, I don't. Aside from maybe seeing the return of John Walker and the, the setup that Julie Louis-Dreyfus has put him in, everything else I have no interest in. I just don't, I don't find where the directions they're taking them, I don't find any of it interesting. Yeah, maybe the purpose of the series overall, whenever they started out, was to have something that was able to allow the transition of Sam Wilson as the Falcon to Captain America, which I think they've done really successfully and really brilliantly. And it does feel like you're right at the end of the final episode, you still want, and and what, again, what we've come to expect from the standard that Marvel produces, you still want, you've done a brilliant job over here with that storyline, but I also want more i don't know is that selfish but it's like i also want more i want these other elements teased out but that's what they're always great at doing it's like no that's that story done but now here are two or three other ones that we're going to lead you down and it's all going to pay off in these various uh other shows that we have coming or these various other movies that we have coming as well so i i know what you mean this one i mean as we said after last week's episode um which just was so strong the excitement coming into this one and you're always wary about you know finales of tv shows and whether as you said they are going to stick the landing or not um but it was just an overall sense of oh maybe we built it up too much in my own head you know things like you that don't as well take but responsibility like, this isn't your fault no own. this is my fault i'm sorry i won't let you take the I blame apologize. for this no no I'm no no so sorry i like the big question is if by the end of this season 
My dogs are going crazy in the background in case anyone... I was going to say, the big question is, can you get your dogs to shut up? I can't. Um, okay, that's the short answer. So, the like, from the start to the end of the show, what has really changed? Winter Soldier still Winter Soldier. Falcon was hand the shield, handed the shield at the end of Endgame. Like, you're the new Captain America. And at the end of this, he's the new Captain America. So, like, what have we, aside from, like, yes, the, the admittedly very interesting uh, racial racial uh, issues that are at the background, and I think that was great, but that could have been a part of something else as opposed to six episodes where, at the end of it, we are really no different from where we were at the end of Endgame in terms of these characters. I know what you mean. I do think there's an element of unfairness in that because, How dare you? like Bucky, because Bucky, he because of the closure that they both find, and I feel that there's more, there's more heft and there's more weight, and that Marvel wanted to pay more attention to that storyline, and obviously that's why they've chosen this particular TV show to to focus on that story of Sam Wilson becoming um, Captain America, because it feels like that that is going to be. Uh, a bigger moment like in five years time 10 years time in terms of not necessarily looking back as, at the show as what an amazing piece of tv and there were brilliant moments in there and again i'd say after this it's going to come out in interviews down the line and things that yes you know what we actually did have to do a bunch of rewrites and whatever and we did this and all that information will come to light as well but i do think as an actual journey uh that kevin feige the team of marvel they probably from talking to Malcolm Spellman and his team of writers it's not the kind of thing that you rush and I know what you're saying well they could have done elements of it like in other stories and stuff as well so I feel like they made the right decision to dedicate that amount of time to that but it's just unfortunate that other elements around it again as you said like things like the flag smashers were like oh my god get off the screen i don't care about you guys i I don't want to do it so it simultaneously feels like was it dragged out over too many episodes but at the same time you also could have done with more time to figure out how certain plot holes and different things and people's actions could be explained as well um but i suppose like what did you think then of the series overall? I mean, has it been an enjoyable six weeks? I mean, what about all our memories together? Rory? <laughs> like, I'm happy we did this. That's, <laughs> this will be what I remember from Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, like, um, it made me appreciate Anthony Mackie as an actor on a different level. Yes. Uh, I enjoy Sebastian Stan's new hair for sure. Um, like Julie Louis Dreyfus, obviously very happy to see her. Um, there there are seeds in here of potentially interesting stories going forward from the MCU, either be the the Thunderbolts or I think I previously mentioned the Young Avengers, because we do and see also, Eli um Bradley back in this episode again. There's also and there's also Madripoor, Madripoor with the link yeah. to the X Men potentially. Yeah, um, there wasn't a huge amount of crossover. There wasn't like mm. this very obvious thing from a, another thing. I think after after Don Sheedle in the first episode, there wasn't really another kind of, you know, pre-existing revelation. You know, like, remember from before? People from the Avengers, they're, they're yeah, also here. Yeah. Like, it, do, it doesn't seem to exist in the same world as the Avengers previously, which is fine. 
but um it does like in the over <laughs> in the in the world of the MCU it is a part of it um and it just felt like almost too small a story to have two avengers be so heavily involved in um people robbing vaccines and then later on holding people hostage in a van like it just well, when you when you put it like that <laughs> like it just doesn't seem worthy of the new captain america and whatever they end up calling bucky barnes uh yeah and i think for the most part it was it was good but not great i don't think it was as good as wandavision for sure well i was i was that was my next question i answered it that's two <laughs> already answered so that's two that have been released now uh on disney plus since the start of 2021 um wandavision obviously was a huge smash hit and in terms of viewing figures as well you know the falcon and the winter soldier has absolutely delivered mm. and um i do i do i'm, I'm going to go back and just think about all the positive memories I have from it because there, there are definitely some brilliant uh, moments in it and as you said an appreciation uh, for these actors and the fact that they've been given um, this platform to kind of prove just how good or show everybody just how good they are as well um, but yeah it's slightly um, disappointed that we're not coming away from it with a bit more Oh God, I, I'm dying to see the next thing. I'm dying to see what happens. Or even uh, straight that was after satisfying. This. I'm happy that's over. Yeah, it's a pity that the finale wasn't quite as satisfying as we were hoping it uh, to be as well. But we don't have too long to wait because coming up on 11th of June on Disney Plus, we're counting down the days uh, to that date because that is going to be the release of Loki, mm-hmm. which, uh, judging from the trailers, seems like. I mean, it's been interesting so far because WandaVision has the elements of sorcery and uh, reality and warp reality and dimensions and what the hell is going on here. This, there's less magic and sorcery. Well, the big three, as Sam calls them, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it feels like it's more grounded in reality with other elements um from the marvel cinematic universe pulled in but then obviously loki there's no getting away from the fact that it's going to have magic coming out the yin yang and so you know any anything you're looking at could be completely deceptive uh you because you just can't trust tom hiddleston as a person as loki um but very excited about that trailer um so are you looking forward to that one still i am at least roy i am loki looking forward to that for sure thank you amazing um like on wilson looks very funny in the trailer um the visuals look spectacular it looks like like as you're saying yes there's a lot of magic and sorcery and all that stuff but also time travel and also interdimensional travel and uh it does seem to actually there's one particular theory that i might i might get around to working uh writing a piece up on joe where they think loki might be might be playing characters in real real human history that are the middle of like mysteries that were never solved Ooh. um there's one in particular <clears throat> where you see him on a plane and he he kind of jumps out with loads of money that's actually a very famous case i can't remember the, the actual guy's name now but he was someone who held the plane hostage took loads of money jumped out of the plane without a parachute and his body was never found <laughs> Well, that that would be an amazing uh, storytelling technique to just yeah. drop them into those already existing 
unbelievable uh, stories. Yeah, no, that sounds very, very good. Yeah, so fully on board for that. I think that one's only six episodes as well, so it'd be nice and uh, brief. Uh, and people are already thinking, including me, that they've spotted Black Widow in the trailer. Um, and as we know, Black Widow is coming out on Disney Plus and maybe cinemas if they're open safely uh, on July 9th, if I remember correctly, um, which is right in the middle of when Loki's coming out. Mm-hmm. And people think they, they that Disney have nailed down that because, as as I think we talked about previously, Julie Louis-Dreyfus was supposed to make her MCU debut in Black Widow. But they, I, I now think that something happens in Loki that directly impacts or is impacted upon by the events in the Black Widow movie. So that's why they're like, get it out, quick, before one spells the other one. Very interesting. Um, Googled who that guy was. D.B. Cooper. Yes. That's the boy. That's that's exactly the one. So you reckon Tom Hiddleston playing Loki and Loki pops up through, because he looks like, I think that's the moment in the trailer where he looks like Don Draper, essentially. Yes. On a, on a plane, looks very suave, very cool. And then, as you said, uh, jumps out of the plane with a, with a shitload of cash. Um, we've all been there. Um, now, listen, we've had some emotional goodbyes in the MCU before. Mm. Natasha and Clint on Vormir. Um, Peter. Tony's message that he left for his, his daughter. I love you 3000. Um, the snap whenever Peter Parker disappears. Yep. It's like, uh, I don't feel so good. I realize all three of those moments are from the same film. I mean, there are other emotional moments in the MCU as well, but none are more emotional than this moment being ruined by your dogs uh, as we bid well, everybody. Well, they're very upset about it too. So. <laughs> Have they just finished watching the episode? No, they just know this is this is the end of the recording. This, this they, want the to, end. they want to drag it out as much as possible. They're warning people. But no, we want to bid everybody adieu. Um, because that's it for now. Although we're probably going to record another episode of the Bigger Review like later this afternoon or something. So we're actually yeah. not really going anywhere. We've never to um, go. <laughs> we really don't. I don't want any out. <laughs> but uh, as we said, TBR Spotlight will definitely be returning for Loki come the 11th of June. We might have a little TBR Spotlight treat before then as well. So watch this space and. In the meantime, the Big Review Ski, of course, uh, is here with all the excellent interviews that are there for you to listen to and some up on YouTube as well if you want to go and check them out. Um, As they say on Disney+, Plus, all episodes of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier are now available. And as we said, all episodes of this show as well are also available for your listening pleasure. Rory, it's been an absolute hoot. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And uh, listeners out there, if there's anything uh, in the world that you would like us to TBR spotlight on, now, preferably it would be a TV show or some movies. But if, uh, you know, if there's something else you want us to review, I I mean, we can discuss it for sure. But uh, do make sure you tweet us at Big Reviewski on Twitter. Uh, Please do like, subscribe, share, listen, comment. Positive or negative, doesn't things. matter. The algorithm's yeah. all the same to me. Um, uh, and thank you so much to everyone who has listened so far. And thank you, Owen, for being uh, a magnificent hostess with the mostess, asking all the the right questions while I give. Who is some, the power broker? Sometimes, who sometimes is we just don't know who the, the power right broker is. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Rory, and thank you as ever to um, Column. Column. Sign Column on Sign. We couldn't literally. We could not have done this without you. Um, no, from chatting I, to Colin before the show, he was also slightly underwhelmed today. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't happy. Not by that. our recording, by, by the actual show. Well, we'll see how he feels when 
when he stops recording this. That's true. Well, listen, thank you, as everybody, and do get in touch. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Goddamn dogs. Bye.